Hey, fellow mamas, this is Deb Burma. Welcome to the Season Mamas podcast. This is one of our episodes in the series that Faith, Michelle, Lindsay, and I are taking turns, taking lead on as we share about a favorite song. Those lyrics and how they relate within our faith walk as mamas, as children of God. And I am so excited today to share one of my favorites and and the words that flow from them. Maybe you can look up the lyrics. I'm going to share some with you right now. And the song is Even If by Mercy Me. Even If. And there's a lot to unpack in these two little words. So let's just jump right in. Bart Millard, the lead singer of Mercy Me, penned these words. And I had the blessing of being able to go with a bunch of friends to concert live to hear from Mercy Me right when this song came out. And maybe that's one of the reasons it's a favorite of mine, because Bart Millard stood on stage that night because it was a brand new song. He, during this concert series, was sharing the story behind the writing of these words. Um, As the very writer, it was very personal for him because it was a story. The backdrop was a story all about his family, specifically he and his wife as they approached a tough time with one of their children. So I'm going to start by reading a couple of the lyrics, and then I'll tell you his story as we move into more. The song starts with him saying, they say, sometimes you win some and sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now, I'm losing back. I've stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken, it'll be all right. But right now, right now, I just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can. He's speaking to God, of course. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. Okay, mamas, there's a lot to unpack here. And this is this is some powerful wording as this man shares his heart. And as a mama, um, just as a child of God, how much this spoke to me as well. So the backdrop in very brief form is to say that he and his wife were facing the diagnosis of their son. He was diagnosed with a disease and he was crying out to God that he would take this away, that he would change what was happening in their family. And he knew it was a time where where he was being held to the flame. It felt like a fire. And in the song, he goes on to say, it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing, because a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave the mountains unmovable, Give me the strength to be able to sing, it is well with my soul. So this became his heart cry. And where the the peace he came to by the time he wrote the song and could now come on stage and say, I know what it is to walk through a fiery trial, to cry out to God and not necessarily receive the response that I was looking for, to feel at for a while at least that. God, are you even hearing me? God didn't choose 
to take away the disease. But Bart and his wife, because God, the Spirit, was working in them, strengthened their faith that they could stand in their faith saying, our hope is in you, Lord, and it is well with my soul, as he goes on to say. Now, that sounds beautiful, like we wrapped this messiness in a nice, neat package and tied it with a bow, right? Well, maybe you and I recognize and relate to this song because we know we have been held to the flame, that we're walking through some kind of fire, or that we've got this immovable mountain right in front of us. And maybe we're sitting there saying, I, my faith is far from strong right now. And we're crying out like Bart did, give me the strength to be able to sing that it is well with my soul. Because maybe it doesn't feel well with our soul right now. Well, next, I want to sidestep for a little bit from this song, because I've mentioned a couple times already, a couple of the lyrics. He says, when I'm held to the flame, and later he says, save through the fire, that I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. And he is referencing here this brief bit of history that's recorded for us in Daniel chapter three. And maybe you've heard of these leaders of God's people who were displaced in captivity in Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are faced with a situation where the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, has built this giant golden statue, and he is ordering all the people to bow down and worship the idol, and they refuse. And as punishment, they, he had forewarned everyone, and then he comes right in on them, the king did, that they were going to face the fiery furnace. So as he is threatening them with the fiery furnace, this is their response. And I want to read right to you from Daniel chapter 3. It's verses 17 and 18, if you want to look it up. So these men, these followers of the Lord, who were refusing to worship the idol, said this, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if, did you hear that? But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Isn't that amazing? They're being told that if they don't worship a false god, if they don't go a different way, that they're going to face the literal fire. And this is what Bart is, he's referencing, at least in a general sense, you know, that he knows God can save each of us through the proverbial fire that we're facing. But we can stay, as these men of faith said, that even if he doesn't choose to save us, we will remain faithful. It may not have to do anything with bowing down to an idol. But I think when we place our trust in other things or we um, desperately attempt to find peace in a different way apart from God, it's not completely unlike bowing down to an idol. What does it mean to remain faithful to the one that we serve, the one that we trust, the one who holds us in his hand, who, who may make a decision on our behalf because he knows our needs and his will for us is far better, far higher, often different than ours, our thoughts and, and what we think ought to be the right answer. How can we choose to respond like Bart and his wife in faith, like 
the three men in the fiery furnace. Well, I remember thinking, no, I'm, I'm not a singer. I am a speaker. And I step up on stage a lot. And tears flowed the night I was at this concert, hearing from him as he talked about what it felt like to stand up on stage and, and appear as a strong spiritual leader. People are looking for good answers from you. And to know that on the inside, you are struggling to trust God because of something that's going on in your world. And in my world, I went through a season where anxiety had such a grip on me. And I was shaming myself, thinking that I somehow had had a fiery firmness um, season or that seemingly unmovable mountain. It was right there in my way and that I was somehow failing some kind of test. You see, one of my children was, was being hurt. And their pain and my resultant anxiety, this difficult journey that I was walking, this is all I could see. I couldn't see in the moment what I could later as I recognized how God used it, at least in part. I trust that he used it and is still using it in greater ways than I was able to see. But he not only held me up, he gave me bravery in this trial. Through my anxiety, in spite of it, I just hadn't recognized it while I was facing it. And I learned that it was never about my strength, my ability. It was about Jesus, his power. We know that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that there was a fourth who appeared in the flames with them. Yes, God did choose to save them in the fire. And it was an angel of the Lord, the, the pre-incarnate Christ, right there with them in the fire. And they came out unsinged. God chose to save them in miraculous ways. And he may choose to work through our fiery time a different way, maybe unrecognizable to us right now, but his power is at work and he is faithful. Whatever comes our way, we know that he's carrying us every step of the way. Even when we don't have anything to give, even when we don't have answers, only a fledgling faith. He doesn't let go of you, sister. Even if you don't have any strength to hold on, he covers your inadequacy with his sufficiency. He completes what you and I lack. He knows our feelings are all over the place about it. And he holds us up in anxiety, in pain that my son and I were going through. He covers us and walks with us, forgives us wherever we fall short. So let me just ask all of you before I turn to my fellow seasoned mamas who co-host with me, but I want you to think about this with the help of God. Yes, let me say that again, with the help of God, by his strength. What can you say when you face a trial? In faith, what can you say even if you don't receive the answer you'd hoped for? How would you answer this or finish maybe this sentence? And even if he doesn't, or no matter what happens, can you say, my hope is in you alone or it is well with my soul. I know that you can, mamas. And it's not because you're going to just try harder. It's because you have a Savior who is bigger than the fiery trial, bigger than the mountain that may not right now be moving. 
He may even use this mountain, this fire to bring you closer to him as he enables you to recognize more clearly, even through it, your need for, for comfort that only he can provide, right? His eye is on you. And as you lean on him, as you trust him to provide, and maybe he's going to do that through another person. You may not immediately recognize it as the Lord's provision, but it's ultimately and always through him. And maybe that's how you will get the comfort you need. Would you just cry with me with the psalmists in Psalm 56, verses three and four, the psalmist says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God, I trust, I shall not be. I just want to encourage you today, fellow mamas, keep his promises before you. Remember these words too now from, from Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You may not be able to see Jesus standing in the fire with you, but he is there. He chooses to use you and me, even in our imperfect obedience, the kind that we humbly offer to him one day at a time. Even when something doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't fit with our prior plans, we trust and we praise him. Yes, even if we don't feel his peace, we can trust that his precious fruit of the spirit, right, of peace is ours by faith, deeper than our feelings. What is your even if? Even if your prayers are not answered in the way you hope, even if the diagnosis doesn't go away, even if you've been rejected when you stand up for Christ, I urge you to pray, Lord, your will be done in my life, even if I will rejoice, even if I will trust in you. God, even if my hope is in you alone, it is well with my soul. Faith, Michelle, Lindsay, I look to you, my fellow seasoned mamas, to each share a little bit of these even if stories of your own and how God has worked through them in you and enabled you to say it is well with my soul. What has been your response? Share a little bit about your. Hey, mamas, this is Faith. And Deb, I, this is one of my favorite songs. So I love that you chose this one to do because, yes, I love this one. And as you were talking, I just kept thinking of my even if moments and how some of them are kind of small even if moments and some of them are stop you dead in your tracks curl up in a ball, even if moments, right? And as you talked about, like, what do you finish that sentence? I just kept hearing Jesus loves me, right? And because in that moment, in that even if moment, I go, the sinner in me goes, do you love me though? Because if you loved me, wouldn't you give me what I want, right? Like a spoiled little child when I'm like, give me the desserts, even though it's 10 o'clock at night, right? And so, I just keep thinking of that because in that moment, I don't, I don't feel the love, right? And so what's incredible, though, is as I think back to those moments, I go, God, Jesus showed me the love through my community, through the text messages, 
through the FaceTimes, through the meals when I couldn't cook, through the hugs and just the let me pray for you moments, right? And I think that is one where in the moment my sinner goes, well, you you can't love me because you're not giving me what I want, right? This isn't what I want. This isn't. But in the bigger picture of it, when you step back and you go, but he does love me because in this painful, painful moment, he is showing that he's working through all of these incredible people and all of these incredible things to remind me that even when I'm in the furnace, right, (laughs) that he is still there, right? Even if we don't, quote unquote, feel it, right? Um, And so I just thank you for that, because I think it's a reminder that even in the small, even moment, even if moments, or even in the massive, even if moments, that he still loves us um, and still still will be there and it's going to be shown in casseroles right and shown in facetimes and shown in hugs and and yeah it's a i appreciate it so that's my even if moment thank you so much for for speaking to that that when we're in the flames that he's there even when we don't know what the outcome is that there was another in the fire with us right And thank you, Deb, for sharing. It was uh, just such a perfect story and reminder for me for today. Um, I just recently saw a video. And I could, you know, when we share the episode, I can link that up in uh, the comments, this video. But what she talks about is the idea of worship. And that worship is giving of ourselves, right? And uh, one of the first places that we hear the word worship is Genesis 22, where Abraham is asked to put Isaac on the altar, even if, right? Can you imagine? Even if. And our invitation to worship is sacrifice. In the New Testament, we are invited to become a living sacrifice. But for me, the idea of throwing my own self on the fire that feels way less challenging to me than my own child. But the invitation to worship is to withhold nothing from God. There's an author, Francis Frangipan, who writes, Satan dines on what we withhold from the Lord. I'm going to repeat that. Satan dines on what we withhold from the Lord. But God, my own child, my own child who you love, really? That stretches me a bit. But then what I came to, what I've come to in the many challenges that I've faced with my children is that I am invited to leave the outcome to God and just take the next step, trusting that he has the outcome already planned out, that he knows the end. And trusting in his love in the process, that he loves my child more than I love my child. So for me, my story is that uh, when my daughter was 15 months old, she was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease called juvenile dermatomyositis. And that disease meant that her immune system was attacking the skin and muscles of her body. And when we received that diagnosis, of course, I looked to Google see what what is the outcome what what is going to happen with this god and it was not it was challenging 
you know, possible, possibly ending up in a wheelchair, uh, possibly ending a lot of kids with JDM end up, end up dying. They, they lose their battle with JDM. Yet through all of that, God just kind of invited me back into this space with him of just trusting the process, trusting that every day, every moment to give my daughter to him and trust the process. And I think that sometimes when we pray for healing, we want to see that miraculous sudden healing. Friends, I can tell you that I have seen miraculous and sudden healing and that God is able to do that. And yet sometimes he invites us into the process of healing as we grow our faith. And so that would be my even if moment. And yet the reminder and invitation that in these even if moments, we don't worry about what the end result is going to be. I feel like when Abraham was invited to Isaac on the altar, he trusted somehow God had a plan that he didn't see or understand. And he had to get past the literal idea Isaac's death and trust that God is able to raise the and so for him it was this invitation to obedience that trusting that God's will was greater and that God's love was greater and so when we say even if that's the that's the heart cry that we cry to him God even if this happens you are greater and I love you more help help my unbelief because you have the better thing in mind, even when I don't understand. So that would be um, my discovery as you shared the, the lyrics to that song. That's the first thing I think about. I think it's kind of an everyday thing where we wake up and there's a million possibilities for our day. There's a million things that could go. How do we wake up and walk through this day with the words, even if God, even that helps us to fix our eyes on him and not our circumstances. Amen, Lindsay. Fixing our eyes on him and not our circumstances is definitely a good thing for us to do. So I've been thinking about, even if I struggle with worst case scenario-itis all the time. So I have, I have these thoughts that run through my head and, you know, basically it's a way to try to control things that are not controllable. And my husband, I think I've shared it on here before, but he has what's called adrenal insufficiency. And so basically what that means is his adrenals do not work right. And you need your adrenals when you're sick. And so we've kind of learned what to do when he gets sick. And sometimes we manage to keep him out of the ER, which is a very good thing. But there are many times we find ourselves in the ER, and then that means that his adrenals could be crashing, which can be fatal sometimes. And so it's a big constant what if question in my mind. And so I was thinking back to some of the things that have happened, some of the worries that I've had over this is what if he's sick and I can't get him to the ER. Well, that has happened. And my youngest son had to take him last year to the hospital. During that time, I prayed Psalm 91 the whole time because I knew that Troy was in the shadow of the Almighty, that we could rest in him. Well, what if I'm not here and he's sick? What's going to happen with that? Well, this last year, I was getting ready to go to a retreat. 
and he was getting sick and I didn't know what to do. And he kind of turned the corner. And so I left, not really wanting to, but I, I left and he was fine. I had to trust that God would take care of him. So it was important for me to remember those things because just about a month ago, Troy and I went to Florida and we ended up leaving for our trip two days early to go stay in a hotel near the airport. We live 70 miles from the airport we were flying out of, but a blizzard was coming. And we had we decided to do this because we didn't think that if a blizzard truly happened that we'd be able to get out of our place. So the day of the blizzard, Troy wasn't feeling that great. We didn't know what it was, if he was really sick or not, but it as the day went on, he wasn't feeling that great. And so here we are in a town that's not close to our little small town ER, but even if he needed to get to the ER, I didn't know if I could get him there or not because of how bad the weather was. So I had all of these questions in my mind. And so what helped me was to remember back to the times, the big struggles that I had, the big what if questions, and how God met me in each one of those moments and showed me that I could trust him, even when I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Because the bottom line is, is Troy is loved by God. He is God's child before anything else. He is God's child. And that God would be with us. And that my hope is not in circumstances. It's not in the wishful thinking that I might have that I wish that this would go away because it might not. It hasn't yet. And it might not. So if I base my hope upon that, I'm only going to be disappointed. But if I place my hope in the one who has shown me time and time again that I can trust in his faithfulness to Troy and I, even when I can't understand, that that is where true hope is found. And I just want to share with you from a psalm that I've been looking at a lot lately. It's just the last verse of Psalm 27, and it's verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Some translations have, let the Lord strengthen your heart. So dear fellow mamas, in those even if moments, I just pray that you remember that God will strengthen your heart. You don't have to strengthen your heart. You can't, but God can. He has done that so many times for me. And I have a feeling that he will have to keep doing it through this process that Troy and I go through. But God is good all the time. My hope is in who he is and his faithfulness to us. Amen and amen. Thank you, seasoned mamas. I love how God uses what each of us has to share and combines it together for a, a completion of a message that he would have you, listener, you, fellow mama, here. He knows what you need today, and we trust him to that. That's where our hope lies. And as we wrap up this even if theme today, I just want to read the final phrases to this song because I think they speak well to what each of us have shared as we address the, the even if moments and ultimately the Lord who is faithful. The song closes as the, as the artist Bart Miller says to God, you've been faithful 
you've been good all of my days. Jesus, I will cling to you come what may, because I know you're able, because I know you can. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul.